you changed careers, right? And just kind of like dove into this space, not even having any, uh, any training in it whatsoever, other than a desire to want to make a change in the approach of fitness. Yeah. So I, I mean, like I had that experience in that big box gym and years later, I was working at a cancer center here in Seattle and had an experience where I was just working with a lot of people, amazing, amazing, amazing people who were many at end of life. And I, I couldn't understand why so many people had no idea what was happening with their body. Like their mind and bodies were so disconnected that people were coming in with like secondary issues to their cancer that they never knew about. Like I was talking about type two diabetes, um, heart conditions, all sorts of things. Thanks for stopping by the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm the host of the show, Sean Dustin. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us today. There are a couple of ways that you can help support the show, one of which is if you know somebody out there who would benefit, family, friends, from listening to the show or an episode in this show, send them over. I'd be happy to have them as listeners. Also, you can subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if I'm currently not available on the platform you listen to, send me an email and I will try to get added to it. I have merchandise available now, hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, and other items. This is another way you can help support the show and the show will get a portion of the proceeds. You can find direct links to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, merchandise, and anywhere else we are online at the bottom of the show notes. Go to the Linktree link, and that will take you to all the ways to connect to the show. This is the part of the show where I ask if anybody wants to be a guest on the show. You feel like you have a story to tell uh, that somebody would benefit from listening to uh, your story. I disabled my scheduling page on the link tree, but what you can do is you can go over to the link tree and submit an email and tell me your story. And if I think it, you know, fits with, uh, my show and, and the message that I'm trying to put out there, then I will, uh, hit you back and send you a scheduling link and then we can go from there. So this Monday, which is May 18th, my friend Sue Bowles, she was a guest on episode 34, is speaking at the Dare to Speak Up Virtual Summit. And that's a summit that aims to break the stigma of shame around trauma. And this is a free summit, and you can get a ticket at the www.daretospeakup.com forward slash S-B-O-W-L-E-S. And that'll be available in the show notes. So there will be that. Thank you, Sue, for sending me that. Happy to help you out. In this episode, I'm talking to Stacy Sorgan. Stacy is a personal trainer, coach, and we have a pretty good conversation. Uh, we, we touch a bit on uh, fitness, diet, 
stigma, big box gyms, just a really good, honest conversation uh, about a lot of things. So without further ado, let's get to the show. So hi, this is uh, Nowhere to Go But a Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Today we are talking to Stacy Sorgen, and uh, she is the creator of ModBod Fitness. Mod Body Fitness, yep. All right. Well, why don't you go ahead and explain to everybody a little bit about yourself, how you came to want to be on this podcast, and then uh, go ahead and uh, jump into your story. Sure. Well, my name is Stacy. I own Mod Body Fitness, which is a studio built for everyone. You know, it's for people who didn't think that they were athletes, for people who have goals but have no idea how they're going to accomplish them, for people who want non-judgmental support and community. And I wanted to be on this podcast because, you know, I, I have my own story that I wanted to share about kind of hitting rock bottom and then coming back up. And um, I heard about this podcast through a good friend named Adrienne, who was on your podcast a couple of episodes back. And um, she's just such a great person. And when she gave me the info for you and I looked you up, I was just like, this guy's awesome. I really want to come on and talk to you, get to know you better and see how we can connect and hopefully inspire some of the amazing people that listen to your podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate the compliment. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, what I'm doing is, you know, reaching some people out there. That's definitely a positive uh, for me. Actually, we had a lengthy conversation uh, yesterday uh, in our pre pre interview. Um, hopefully, we didn't uh, didn't use up all the all the all the. No, good, I think good we've juju. got plenty more. We've got plenty more stored <laughs> up. I'm sure we've got lots of stories and things to uh, to talk about. But the one thing that uh, I, I really identified with or related to what you were talking about was one of my own personal experiences with uh, a gym and it kind of goes into what you're doing uh, and, and the whole reason why you're doing what you're doing. So why don't you explain the concept behind that? Totally. Are you talking about the big box gym experience that I yeah, talked yeah. about last night? Okay. So many years ago I was going through a breakup and I went to this um, big box gym that will remain nameless. I'm not going to name names. Um, but I was walked through the gym and given like the tour and they brought me to all the different departments and showed me like, this is the pool and this is the strength training area. And this is the cardio area. And here's a locker rooms. And Oh, by the way, we're going to put you through a fitness test. And I'm doing this fitness test thinking to my 24 year old self, like this is normal, right? This is what you do at gyms. And they're making me feel awful. And they're making me feel like out of breath and judging me and writing things down on clipboards. And then they did this caliper test, which made me feel awful. And I just felt like I was like, they were making decisions about me and they were evaluating things that I did arbitrary. You know, I'm like, I'm just here to like hit stuff. And like lift things and sweat and cry and like get out all this stuff I'm going through, you know? And so then they walk me over to the area where you meet with like a fitness counselor or whoever he was, the sales dude. And he's like, oh, we didn't get your weight. Let's bring you over to the scale. And the scale is in the middle of the gym, like in front of everyone. 
So I go to the scale and I'm still thinking to myself, like, I guess this is what a gym is. I guess this is what it's like. I guess that, you know, you have to humiliate yourself in front of a ton of people and face judgment and speculation and feel shame and all this weird stuff. And then it got worse. This counselor guy looks at the number on the scale, looks at my fitness scores, whatever those are. And he goes, well, obviously you're here for weight loss. And that was the clincher for me. I was like, how do you know what my goals are? Like, you don't know me as a person. All you have done is shown me all the departments of the gym, evaluate what you think is my fitness, assume what my goals are, and then tell me what I need. You know, never once did you ask me like, what do you want? What are your goals? How would you like to feel? And, you know, honestly, I bought that damn package. <laughs> I bought the package because I felt shamed into it. You know, I felt I felt so bad. And I was like, I'm going to prove this guy wrong. And, um, you know, I fed into that machine. I'm not going to lie. But that experience has informed so much how I built my business as a personal trainer, as a holistic health coach, and as a yoga teacher. To never assume what people's goals are, to never assume anything about anyone and to welcome everyone with open arms. Cause we have no idea as people, what people have been through. And I think that this podcast is such an amazing testament to that. So many people coming on and talking about where they are now in their life or what they've experienced. And we would never know, right. To look at each other, what, what we've been through, but we can't assume anything about you know, each other's past. We can't assume anything about eating disorders. We can't assume anything about fitness. We can't assume, and we can't make those assumptions. And I feel like that is one of the biggest reasons why people won't enter a gym is that they're afraid of assumptions. They're afraid that we are categorizing them, that we are summing them up, that we are putting our own judgment onto them. And you said last night when we were talking that you experienced this too. So I'd love for you to share that story. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a gym's best friend. Uh, I pay the membership and don't go, which doesn't, you know, put any wear and tear on their uh, equipment and you know, their, their facility. Yeah. I was, uh, my ex-wife at the time, I was breakup. There's <laughs> right breakup. Yeah, whenever you go through a breakup, up oh, got to get back into playing shape, and you know, uh, you know, so you can uh, market yourself uh, as a piece of meat out there amongst the. <laughs> so anyway, <You're> awful. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I, I did the same thing. I was like, you know, gung ho. All right, well, you know, now I'm, you know, back on the saddle and I'm going to get out there and I'm going to get in shape and I'm going to be this hot guy and, you know, be able to get any chick that I want. So I, I walked into a, a gym and I won't n name the one either, but it was intimidating. It, it was, I mean, and I'm not, I, I'm not an obese person and I didn't really feel like I was that overweight. I mean, I never really get to a point where it's like, Oh my God, I don't want to take my shirt off. I mean, yeah, it may be a little uncomfortable to take my shirt off. With that being said, with, I mean, there was like buff dudes all over the place and the women were very attractive and they all had great bodies. And, you know, I mean, I didn't see, I didn't see a whole lot of people that look like me in there when I was going yeah. through. So that in itself was kind of intimidating. 
and I, I'm not one that really intimidates that easy. You know what I mean? I, I'll I'll go to anywhere by myself. I go to a bar by myself. I go to a uh, you know a club by myself. I, I just never really been somebody who's debilitated by assumption of what other people were thinking. That probably could care less about how I you know what I felt about how I looked, and even would say anything or even look my direction while I'm busy trying to you know better myself. So. It was, yeah, I mean, it was definitely the same thing. And I paid for the membership two years up front, and that was the last time I walked into that place. So they got like 500 bucks from me for nothing. <laughs> it's it's so hard, right? Yeah. And it's hard to battle those assumptions. Even, even if nobody in that gym had an opinion or judgment, it's what we're afraid. It's what we're conditioned to think other people will think of us based on how we look and how society shames certain people for being certain ways. You know, it's, and sometimes it's real. Like you, you told me a little bit yesterday that you worked at a big box gym, right? Yeah. I, I worked at the same big box gym that you were talking about. We won't, <laughs> we won't name them. And I was, I was a fitness uh, trainer at that place. And when I was 19 and I had to, uh, the, the similar experience was, is that we were, uh, we were salespeople. We weren't really, you know, we didn't have any knowledge other than what we came there with as far as like weightlifting and, and training somebody. Basically, all you're doing is they get funneled to you once they get the membership and then it's up to you to fleece them of some more money and convince them that they need more training after they, you know, their initial two training sessions uh, that came with their membership. And so, I mean, we were not trained to be delicate or sensitive or, or even like the, the example that I'll give you is that there was this overweight lady and it came time to do the caliper test. And you know, like, she really wasn't dressed to be there because she wasn't like a fitness person. You know what I mean? And so she had to take off her, her shirt. And she was in her bra and you could tell that she was visibly like embarrassed and like felt ashamed, uh, in her own skin at that point. And like, I didn't think about that at the time, but I mean, thinking back on it now, we're not trained to be, to, to be in a situation like that. You know what I mean? We don't know how to be delicate, you know, of, of people's issues or, I mean, not even that it's an issue. I mean, it, who's it an issue for? If it's not an issue for you, then why the why sh why should it be an, an issue for somebody else? Totally, yeah. I think that's how we think about so many things. And then as we get older and we realize that other people have different experiences, you know, we we come to believe in those things too. Those things become important to us because we know people who are affected by them or we've experienced it. I think last night you were talking a little bit about you know like not realizing that something was an issue until you could put yourself in that person's shoes, you know, and being someone who went to a gym and had that experience and felt that shame, you know, that's part of why I started the business that I have, but then it like blossomed into so many other things, like things I didn't even think about because they were not in my purview, like why people wouldn't want to go to a big box gym and I'm, I'm constantly learning about different reasons that people need the service that I have, even if it wasn't intentionally like set up that way in the first place. But it's, it's amazing once you start learning about people and meeting people and talking to them about what their experiences are, 
what you learn about the world, how, how things kind of shift your perspective. Yeah. And then you also, I mean, you, you changed careers, right. And just kind of like dove into this space, not even having any, uh, any training in it whatsoever, other than a desire to want to make a change in the approach of fitness. Yeah. So I, I mean, like I had that experience in that big box gym and years later, I was working at a cancer center here in Seattle and had an experience where I was just working with a lot of people, amazing, amazing, amazing people who were many at end of life. And I, I couldn't understand why so many people had no idea what was happening with their body. Like their mind and bodies were so disconnected that people were coming in with like secondary issues to their cancer that they never knew about. Like I was talking about type two diabetes, um, heart conditions, all sorts of things. And, you know, we're talking to them and they'd say like, the last time I went to the doctor is 10 years ago or five years ago, or, you know, I had, I've had this problem, but I ignored it. And I thought to myself, like, I, I don't think I can work in end of life care anymore. I don't think I can work this far along, I really want to help people be like, take charge of their health and respect their bodies and accept themselves and work on the things that they've always been afraid to do. And it occurred to me how many of these people are people who have been afraid to like step into the gym for judgment or have been afraid and then live their whole live their whole life. My, uh, sorry about that. My Apple watch, (laughs) um, have been afraid their whole life, you know, to, to do the things that they wanted to do and they put them off. And then they were struck by something like, unfortunately cancer and weren't able to do it. And I think we should have the best fighting chance. God forbid something like that come along. We want to be able to get the chemo that we need to get. We need to be able to have strong bodies to go through the treatment that we need. I, um, my sister just finished treatment for breast cancer and I'm so glad that she was so strong being, uh, before she was diagnosed, you know, she, she has like a strong body and a strong mind. She believes in herself. She's confident in her abilities. And then that came up and she's so young and has two small children and she was able to make it through her treatment. So that to me was just, um, you know, drove that point home that when we, focus on our bodies when we are in touch mind and body together we can do really great things in our lives and you know it it just makes it it makes a big difference so i wanted to get out of the cancer um treatments although i i still see a lot of cancer um patients um coming into the gym and it's amazing to work with all of them i don't deal with like the oncology portion of it in a hospital anymore which i'm thankful for but it's been amazing to have them come in and um, seek help and learn how to move again and all of that. And so I'm working at this cancer center where I'm like crying every morning before I go in and crying in my car down in the garage on my lunch break and crying after work. And it was just, it was just too much, like too much loss, too much on my shoulders. I just wasn't cut out for it. I don't think a lot of, I just saw a lot of stuff going wrong to tell you the truth. So I wanted to get out. And I remember telling one of my coworkers 
at the time, I said, I think I want to be a personal trainer. And this is like, um, you know, like when you're watching a movie and they say something and you're like, that's foreshadowing. Now looking on this moment with my coworker, I'm like, that's foreshadowing. She looked at me, she looked me down and then back up. She laughed at me and then turned around and then started typing on her computer again. It was like, I hadn't even gone into the world of personal training. I hadn't even started trying to help people with their fitness. And I was already being judged and just kind of like brushed off. So I started going to see a personal trainer myself. And then I studied and studied and studied. And then I got an internship at a fantastic gym in Seattle. And I worked with them for a year, a year and a half. Then I started in a big box gym and I hated it. And I was like, this is everything awful that I thought it would ever be. And then I started to figure out like, what's really important to me? How am I going to be able to accomplish my goal of bringing, you know, what I want people to be able to access? How do I bring that to the world? And what does that look like? And how do I do it as a person of my size? How do you break through all of those stigmas and stuff? Like how, how do you let somebody know that you can help them with their fitness goals? Even if your body is not the one that they want to attain through your training, it's possible. You can do it. I've done it with hundreds of people. If you train with me, you're not going to look like me. Pretty much the same thing for, you know, just not calling out any size two women out there. But if you go to a size two trainer down the street, you're probably not going to end up looking like the size two trainer when you're done. We are all people. We have to do the best that we can for our bodies, do the best that you can with what you have when you have it, you know? But uh, it was a big, big change for me going from oncology and working as a team coordinator, you know, working with all these patients and then kind of just getting this judgment (laughs) and then being like out in the world, like, hey, I'm ready to do this. Who's ready to come work with me? It was super hard. It was super hard. Yeah, I remember in the conversation you said that it took you, it took you some time to actually put your own image on on any of your uh, posts or uh, literature or anything that you were putting out there, right? Yeah, um, and I think I I was afraid of what I just said. You know, I was afraid that people would take a look at my picture and think that I wasn't fit. Because society tells us so many things, like the commercials that play around the first of the year are ridiculous. <laughs> and um, the things that pop up on the internet and the way people try to sell their bodies in order to try to get you to come into the gym. I just really wanted to like be gentle, let people come in, like meet them, let them get to know me instead of just putting my picture out there because I was afraid that people would self-defer from like coming in to work out or to learn more. And I was really surprised that it was quite the opposite, that people found me when I put my picture up to be like more normal, quote unquote, or to to be more like them or like, quote unquote, like less intimidating are some of the things that I've heard. And that whole time I was really terrified that they would look at my picture or my images and be like, oh my God, why would I ever, why would I ever work with you? You are not what I want to look like on the other side of whatever journey they're going through, whatever their goals might be. And, you know, just as I was afraid they were um, uh, judging me, I was totally judging them, <laughs> you yeah. know, like the, that they would assume that. And um, so I think that the fitness industry, we're breaking down these assumptions all the time. Well, I mean, things are changing too. I mean, everybody's perception of stuff, like I used to, 
I mean, I, I was, I would, I would, yeah, I was pretty harsh, you know what I mean? And, and judgmental at, 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 at a point in my life. And, you know, if you didn't look a certain way or, you know, cause that's, you're right. You know, it's, it's, we're conditioned to see something as, Oh, that's the face of that. Or this is the face of that. Or, you know, this is what represents this. And what, if you've been anywhere in, in the fitness industry or the world or in that space, you're going to know that genetics play a big part in what people look like and what they're, what they're going to look like. Uh, not every guy can get a six pack, even if he tries his hardest, you know, he may attain it at some point, but I mean, if you know anything about fitness and yourself, it's the, the losing the weight is the easy part. Keeping it off and turning it into a lifestyle is the hardest part. You know, we can, we can get across the, 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 the finish line, but can we keep training to, for the next one, you know, and that, and that's, then that has always been the hardest part for me because I mean, let's face it. Food is good. Food tastes good. Sugar, <laughs> sugar's amazing. It's, it's awesome. I mean, I, I just had a, a half a pint of Ben and Jerry's the other night and I had a little bit more last night and I'll probably finish the rest tonight. <laughs> Wait a second. What flavor? What flavor? I might, I might judge you based on what you say. I don't know yet. Uh, I think it's the caramel something cheesecake. Uh, one. I was gonna get that fish food. De- that sounds delicious. <laughs> I was gonna get fish food, but I'm like, I- I'm a caramel person. I like anything that's got caramel in it. Fish food was totally my favorite in college. That was definitely <laughs> a favorite. That's a good one. But I mean, I struggle. The, the, the point is, is I struggle every day in the choices that I make and the things that I put in my mouth. You know, and, you know, at some point I go back around and my ex, I was at her house the other night and she's like, she, same, she's the same thing. She struggles with her weight as well, but she comes over and she like hits my stomach and goes, Hmm. <laughs> and so, but I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it, it'll, it'll get to a point where I'll be like, all right, it's time to, time to go running, time to start exercising again, time to start eating right. And then I'll pull it back into about two thirty, two thirty five, And then I'll, you know, for me, the, the challenge is, is staying at 235, not losing it, going back up, coming back down, going back up, coming back down. You know, I, just, I haven't figured out how to do that yet to be consistent with it, but it, I, I like, I like my food, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of people struggle with what you're talking about and it's, there's like two different things going on that I see a lot. And one is like the extremes, right? Like I'm cutting out all of whatever in my nutrition or I'm going to work out so extreme. And so you see results and usually they're rapid, right? But we can't sustain that level um, because it like, it strips away part of our quality of life and what we find enjoyable. All of a sudden you feel like you can't socialize with friends that that you could, you can't keep traditions with family like you could. And you start to feel like, like it's kind of tearing away, like the fabric of who you are. And then you quit, you know, and it was so severe a change that it's, it's very difficult. And so it's like, for a lot of people, it's cyclical, you know, like they do the thing, they do it like so much, they get results. And then it's so crazy a thing that they tried that all of a sudden they're like, I can't do this anymore. And then it comes back. The other thing is the idea of like all or nothing. 
Um, so there's like the extremes and then the, the people who are like the all or nothing people who are like, I'm going to do all of the things all the time. And they hold themselves to such a high standard. And if they can't meet that standard, they're like, oh, I might as well do nothing. And I like to live in the in-between. And I think that that is where so many people can find really fantastic success for themselves. Of like balance, you know, so balance with what you eat and balance with what, how you move and balance with how you socialize and how you spend time alone and, and balance with sleep time versus wake time. And, you know, but, and it's going to change from day to day. And um, we create flexibility and space for all of those things so that you're never like off plan. <laughs> you're never like effing it up, you know, like it's just what happened that day and you roll with it. And the next day you do something different if you want to. So I think a lot of people like like challenge themselves to go to like these crazy extremes, especially around the first of the year, like some of those new year's resolutions and crazy diets and stuff that come out that sell themselves as a silver, you know, magic bullet for stuff. It's just, they don't work or they work for a very short time. And then the other stuff is people who hold themselves to like, I have to eat just this many calories and I have to work out for this many minutes and I have to get this much sleep. And like they hold themselves to such extremes that they can never like attain it. And then it's, it's just gone. They're like, Oh, I might as well do. I'll just Netflix. I'll just Netflix. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, the diet thing I did, I mean, the keto worked for me, uh, but I haven't been able to get in back into ketosis since I've, I've, uh, or got fat adapted after the first time I did it. But, and then there's another thing, you know, which diet, cause you hear so much about, okay, so you got veganism over here and then you've got the vegans talking, uh, talking shit about the, uh, the, the carnivore people, you know, oh, that's not supposed to be, you're not supposed to be able to just eat meat and, you know, and so they're finding that they're having a lot of, uh, success with, uh, curing autoimmune things with the carnivore diet. Uh, but and then you've got another, you know, the keto people over here and it's like, which one is what, man? I mean, which one is who, who's, it's so confusing. And then, so you're just like, ah, well, screw it. And, and, you know, like kind of what I go by is like how my clothes feel on me. And I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't use a scale. I try to, I try to eat the best that I can. It's, it's been really difficult being in this quarantine situation where I haven't been able to leave and I know how to cook and I'm a good cook. And so it's like, I'm okay. Well, you know, I'm going to eat. <laughs> well, I, I think right now, you know, I'm seeing all these memes on social media and like a lot of judgment and, and it's almost like, um, people are like, if I make a joke about this, then nobody will judge me for it. Or if I, I don't know, but I've seen a lot of that stuff about like, do your pants still fit? Or, you know, like we are going through like a global emergency if you want to eat some ice cream right now, this personal trainer is telling you, eat the effing ice cream. Like, yeah. do what you got to do in order to get through right now. Maybe you're sleeping more. Maybe you're not sleeping enough. Like, maybe you're, you know, whatever, a little bit more than usual. Like, do what you got to do and then come back to center, that middle space again. Try to get out of the extremes when you can, but. Um, try to find the center again. And, you know, as far as like the, um, the diets and stuff go, I always say this to people who are like, which is the right one? Can you tell me what to do? 
when you used to be able to go walk in a bookstore, right? Like a Barnes and Noble or (laughs) Borders or something like that, you know, that aisle that would just have like all the books on weight loss and diets and stuff. Those are all really well-intentioned and people who just want to make money. But a lot of people who figured out what worked for their own body and did a lot of research to put a lot of effort, blood, sweat, and tears into figuring out what worked for themselves. And then either wanted to share it because they were like, this is amazing. I want to share it with other people. Or they're like, I can make money off of this and like sell it into this, you know, fitness and wellness um, community. But here's the thing is that that person put the energy and the time into figuring out what worked for them. It might work for you for a bit of time, but odds are that you're going to find it's too extreme or doesn't 100% fit with what your needs are, or maybe that it just doesn't work for you at all. And then you're going to stop doing that thing, which is going to make you feel like you failed, right? So what we can do is like write the book on ourselves. You can do an experiment where you eat different foods for two weeks, see how you feel. If your goal is weight loss, like how how does, how's it going with that? If your goal is more energy, how's that going? If your goal is weight gain, how is that working for you? And just do an experiment for yourself to see what works best for you. So if you're experimenting with like a vegan diet, cool. That's awesome. I have absolutely no judgment about what people put into their bodies. None at all. Um, But I think that it's important to find the things that allow you to have the amount of energy that you want to have to um, be able to live your life well um, so that you feel satiated and um, so that like you enjoy your food because I feel like the food as fuel is a little tough too, you know? Um, So finding the thing that works best for you is not as easy as going online and like finding a diet or going into a bookstore and pulling a book from the shelves. I really think that it's about putting the time in and nobody wants to freaking do that. (laughs) Nobody wants to do that. But I think as you're finding, you know, especially with keto, which I've tried before um, and it did not work well for my body. I tried it because I have an autoimmune disorder and I thought, well, I'll see, you know, like there's a lot of good research and documentation out there, but, um, it did not work well for me. And I think we have to like try things out, see how they work for us. And if they don't, we have to adapt and find again, someplace in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, the magic pill, I remember that movie when it came out, uh, on Netflix and, I was like, I went on, I remember I, I wrote a huge long thing on Facebook about how, oh my God, the, the, they were lied to us the whole time. The, the, you know, the pyramids flipped upside down the food pyramid and, you know, and, and how dare them, you know, and, and it just played into my whole, you know, I, I'm already a conspiracy person as it is. And that just like, oh, that, that, that was one of the things that kind of helped set me on a, on a course to, to lose weight and, and everything else. But then, you know, lo and behold, you, you know, life, life, life happens and you want to live again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you totally. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then, then it's all out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, you got to find, you know, what works for you. I eat a lot of fresh produce. Um, I work with a local company and I'm going to be honest, like, their meals are vegan and um, like I'm not vegan, but I love having that fresh produce. I know I love knowing where my food came from. I love supporting a local company. 
And I also sometimes just will grill something and add it into, into what I'm eating, you know, but, um, it's like, you have to find the thing that works best for your body. And like, one of the things that I think is like the best tell for that is like, how does your stomach feel? Like, are you feeling bloated all the time? Are you feeling sick? Do you you feel nauseous? Like, do you feel often like you overate, you know? And sometimes I talk to people about these things and they're like, oh yeah, I feel like that all the time. I'm like, well, let's, let's change something up. Like, let's, let's try something a little bit different and see if you feel better. Um, my wife actually is gluten-free, but she was like, I'm not, I don't have a sensitivity to gluten. I don't. And like, I, I made her for like three months go off of gluten. And she was like, it's not helping me at all. This is stupid. This is horrible. And then, so we reintroduced it and she got so sick and she's like, why am I so sick? And I'm like, that's how you felt all the time before, but you didn't know that you could feel a different way. So yeah, yeah. So it's a big difference. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that that food is also, you know, your your the how your body processes it. Uh, so, you know, you're susceptible to different to different types of foods, uh, insulin spikes uh, that come from eating different types of foods. You know, a lot of the the inflammation comes from an insulin spike uh, with the gluten and everything else. So, I mean, I I did experience a lot of that stuff. Like, I had a lot of energy when I was fat adapted and. Like I could go, like I would, I would intermittent fast and I could do it for like 16 to 18 hours and not even be hungry at all. Uh, because my body was using its own, you know, its own fat reserves as, as energy, but I could never get back there for some reason. I just, I couldn't get back there. And I, and I, and I think that, that keto is great to kickstart. Yeah. It's really difficult to eat that much fat. Cause you don't under, you don't understand how, like when you're, when you, when you see 50 or, you know, what is it? It's a 85 person, 85, 15 and five. Right. Um, and so 85% of your daily intake is from a fat source, whether it's, you know, bacon or it's, you're getting it through eating a ribeye or, you know, and you gotta be careful with that too, because you know, it's, that's a lot of protein in a, in a ribeye steak. And so you're, you're having to go for, uh, other sources, you know, like using a lot of, uh, olive oil, using butter, using like my, my bulletproof coffee in the morning was loaded with like 50 grams of fat, you know, from coconut oil, uh, heavy whipping cream to, and butter, you know, and whatever else yeah. that I, I chose to throw in there. So yeah, it was, it's, it's not as easy as it seems to put that much fat in your body. And I, I mean, it, it can't be that good for you on, on like a, like these people that do it for, uh, as a lifestyle, an extended period of time. I just, I don't, I don't see how that could be good for you. I think that, you know, like in theory, as you continue on a keto protocol and you become fat adapted, that you can start to decrease the amount of fat that you're taking in. And I'm seeing a lot more plans come out with like 45, 45, 10, you know, so getting, you know, more protein kind of equal fat and then, um, you know, still low on carbohydrates. But I was one of those people who followed a really specific strict doctor, like evaluated protocol and my cholesterol went up 
and with heart issues running in my family, I was just like not willing to continue on that and go down that trajectory. So I think that there are some people out there who can be really beneficial for it. Just, it just wasn't for me. So I think we have to like not assume that all of these are meant for all people or that they will work for all people. Um, because for some people it could be, you know, it could be awful. It could be terrible. Like people with um, Crohn's disease, I've worked with a lot of, a lot of people with Crohn's and colitis. You know, one of the things that's recommended so much to people is like, eat your produce, eat your produce. But for somebody with Crohn's or colitis, that causes some issues, you know, or people with, other intestinal problems. It can really cause issues that the things that are normally recommended, like nuts and seeds don't work for somebody who has like diverticulitis. And so I I think we have to look at each of them on a case by case basis and figure out what works best for each person. And that's part of what I help people do with holistic health coaching is help people figure out and write the book on themselves, you know, like what works best for your gut and what works best for sleep and what works best for energy and what, what can you eat without feeling like you're resentful (laughs) of the people around you? Cause you're like, I want that freaking pizza or whatever, you know, like you want to be able to still enjoy your life. Yeah. You're, you're so angry. You hate everyone. (laughs) Screw you and your pizza. (laughs) I think we've all been there, right? Like, when you're depriving yourself and you see someone else and you're like, great for you, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Also too, I don't think that people realize that how, how dehydrated, like not having enough water and being dehydrated uh, has an effect on, on your attitude and like just everything about you because your brain uh, doesn't, isn't, is a part of that. You know what I mean? And your thought process. So if you're not, if you're not, adequately hydrated and whatever it is that you're doing, that can throw some stuff off too. So I mean, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because I feel like people just, um, they don't know. They're like, blah, blah, blah. You should drink eight glasses of water or whatever. And like, I, I think it's more like your body weight in ounces, you know, per day. But, um, it's, you know, like whatever you think works best for you, um, you know, is, is awesome. But, I think that so many of us are like, why do I have a headache? And like, we'll take ibuprofen Mm -hmm. or like, why am I not sleeping well? And we'll take, you know, some whatever. And like, we never look to it as like, what's the source of why I'm not feeling well is because I'm so thirsty. Um, And I meant to say half of your body weight in ounces of water is kind of a general recommendation for the day. But if you're like, uh, because you work in construction, you said, right? Yeah. So when you're out there working construction, do you find that it's more difficult for you to get water throughout the day or like like doing manual stuff easier? Yeah, it's easier Um, to drink it when it's a hot day out. And you know what I mean? That's the only thing you have right there on your job site. So it's it's a lot easier. to. I stayed more hydrated when I was working than I do now. And I was just thinking about this today. I'm like... Jesus, I've went, I've gone through a lot of, uh, soda, like, like diet soda, like Coke Zero. And then I started thinking about, well, damn, you know, when I was out partying and, and like doing meth and whatever else crazy stuff I was addicted to back, you know, when I was in my previous life, like I would never drink any water ever. And I would be up for like three days at a time and, and not hardly eating anything, not drinking any water. So I'm like, God, no wonder. 
No wonder a lot of stuff sounded like a great idea and was horrible when I look back on it now. You know, because you're not you're not thinking right. I mean, yeah, one for the I, drugs, I but like... two for the the lack of of <laughs> hydration in your in your system. Yeah, I feel like you know the same thing happens when we're not eating well or when we're not sleeping well. Is that it's like a cumulative effect, right? Yeah. Like if you don't drink enough water and you don't eat enough, you might feel kind of sick. Like you might feel kind of nauseous. And then what happens when we feel nauseated? We don't want to eat and we don't want to drink. And then it gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And um, and we're like, what? What's causing this? And it could it could be one of the one of those things. You know, yeah. like not sleeping enough. And right now, a lot of the clients that I work with are saying that they're not sleeping well. And I think a lot of it's tied in with anxiety Yeah, anxiety. about the state of affairs right now. Yeah. A lot of people are, a lot of people, I mean, I, I have a lot of my own thoughts about what this is and, and what we should do about it and where we should go right now. And if, you know, go listen to episode 28, 29 of my podcast and you'll see exactly where my head is at, where I'm talking about that. But you know, it, uh, I just, it's so, it's, Like I'm speechless. I can't even, you know what I mean? I can't even, I can't even express like where we are right now because it's like, no, we've never been here ever. Like at least no, no, none of the people that have been alive is anybody uh, alive now been through the great depression. I mean, I guess that would be the only thing that would be comparable to to where we're at right now. But I mean, I mean, mean, I've never. I've, I've never like, like shut down the whole economy except for some other ones, you know, some of the essential working parts. But I mean, it's like, you know, the whole world is kind of like on, on, on pause right now. It does feel like that. Yeah. And I feel like the people that we would normally look to, like you were saying as leaders, like, what should we do? Oh, wise grandmother or whatever. They're like, I don't know either. We don't have <laughs> you know, any like, leaders right now. No, no, we don't. There, there are no. no leaders in this country right now. And that's the scary part, you know, cause right now what, what's happening with the bailouts and all this other stuff that's going on and the government and what they're doing. And it's like, that bill is not good for the American people. Okay. I, yeah, no, I hear you totally. It, it is not good for us. It, it is, it is a bailout for it's, it's so it's, it's a wealthy socialism is what it is. It's a bailout for all of those companies, uh, that are tied in with all of that for them to get a free handout while they throw some cheese in a, in a, in a mousetrap for us. And as soon as we put our, you know, put our head in there, they're going to smash it. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's horrible where, where we're at right now as a society, as far as the, the, the gap in, in, in the, in equality, in inequality and wealth and, and what's happening to this country. And right now is a great time to make a change. Yeah. <laughs> it is a good time to make a change. We were talking about that last night, right? Like people coming out of the other side of quarantine, um, realizing that the things that they thought were important in their lives maybe aren't so important and mm-hmm. shifting gears and changing careers. Yeah. Um, I hope that for, you know, anybody who might be listening to this, who's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not in my job right now. Like this is the best that I'm, you know, I'm yeah. worried about not making that income, but I was miserable. Um, if you were crying every morning, crying every lunch break, crying after work or feeling like crap every day, you know, this is a, perhaps a wake up call for you to think about 
what do you want to do? What, what are you passionate about? What could you do different as we pick things up, hopefully on the other side of this? And I know things aren't going to be the same, but if you could go any direction in your life that you wanted to, what if this is like your kitchen floor moment right here? You know, like I talk, um, my coach talks about her kitchen floor moments and like having the, the breakdown, you know, and like the, oh crap, what am I going to do with the rest of my life after she went through a debilitating like divorce and, you know, a lot of like the child and stuff. Um, you know, I think we've all in our lives had that moment when we're like, like, what now, what do I do? Where do I go from here? Um, there's so many courses that you can take online and you can listen to this podcast for inspiration. You can take a course online. You can look into getting uh, college credits for your work. You can um, think about like, you know, what are those programs called in colleges where you like, you learn a new skill after you've left. Um, I mean, a, a trade, trade yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah I'm in, like I'm in a trade. A, yeah. So learning a trade or, um, you know, like doing like a work uh, exchange or doing an internship or, or maybe taking this opportunity to reach out to somebody who you're interested in what they do, like, and maybe they're not busy right now. So you can learn from them and do an internship, um, which is how I knew that this for sure is what I wanted to do with my life. I was like, you know, training in the gym is fun and all. I really enjoy it. And I think it's what I want to do. But it was like the hands on and being able to learn and being able to see people interact and then getting a taste of what it was like to work with people that really kind of moved the needle for me and helped me figure out that it was the right place. So it like right now, or, you know, going forward, if you're not researching, if you're not reading, if you're not <laughs> doing all that stuff, I encourage you to like follow your passions. Um, I'm a size 16 personal trainer who has made it for the last 10 years in this crazy industry if I can do this, you can do it. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. That's great advice because you're absolutely right. There's nothing. There's nothing that's holding anybody back but them themselves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and debilitating thoughts and you know things that you know that the 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 loops that play in your own head that keep you from yeah. from from you know prospering and and taking yourself to the to the level that you know that you should be at. And right now is a great time to to do that. It's a good time to, uh, research, like you said, research all these different things. You know, what, what is it that you want to do? Dig, dig deep. You got nothing but time right now. And this time, totally. this, this time's going to be running out. I mean, I, I, I still think it's going to go till July or no, till June. I think, I think it's going to, they're going to do it one more month and, 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 you know, and then it's it, it's it, it's over. Then it's going to be a whole new, a whole new, uh, norm you know that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure out and you know who knows about the fallout that's gonna happen from this as well you know if they're yeah gonna, no I, I think you're right totally you know if they're gonna um oh i'm sorry i was gonna ask you a question you said to come to this interview with questions about about you and i'd really love to i listened to your first podcast and i just picked on up on something that you said you said you know, like the only person that's holding you back is you. And that seems to be kind of a recurring theme for you in your life. Like you are, we all are like all of our decisions, right? Like the road that we go down is based on the decisions that we make in our life. And I could relate so much to your story of like growing up. And um, I love how you talk about like 
how you've changed your life, how your life is different and how you redefined what it is to be a parent and how you've redefined what it is to such as you just did, like run for, run for an office and, and do all these different things. And I just was wondering if you could tell somebody how to get started with that. I think that that would be interesting to hear. Like, how do you go about changing what you think is your fate? Hmm, that's a good question. So, I mean, my, I mean, to, did to, I, did I stump you? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it's too like, so in order to get to the point where I was, or I am, or that, that took me to, you know, what it was, it was a culmination of a life of, of disappointment. You know what I mean? Whether it was me disappointing somebody else or being disappointed by somebody. Uh, but mostly it was me disappointing other people, but mostly myself. You know what I mean? Because I, I couldn't, I wasn't, uh, I was just, I just wasn't a good person. You know, I, 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 people were, and I, it's funny. I just, the, I was talking about this earlier. Uh, the people that were, I looked at people as, um, means to an end rather mm. than, than taking a personal interest in them. I was interested in what I could get from you, you know what I mean? Or how you can benefit me, uh, or, or how you could serve me. And you know, whether it was in drugs, whether it was in, uh, what, what, whatever, wherever I was, that's what it was about. And so it was a culmination of, of, not liking myself because I mean, that's when, when you're in a, when you're in a spiral like that. So, um, addiction feeds off of negative, negative feelings. And, you know, in order to continue to use and not be affected by what you were doing, I would, I would basically, uh, use that. I would do something that would make me feel bad about myself to, uh, allow me to not feel bad about, using drugs to escape the fact that I feel like bad. I feel like shit about myself uh, to, to give me permission to go and use more drugs to make me feel like more shit about myself and just continue the, the pattern. And so it was a long culmination of, of trying to not do that. And even after I stopped doing that, I mean, Jesus, there was two years where it took me for, to, to get normal from, you know, serotonin levels and everything else that, that methamphetamine, uh, boosts in your, in your, uh, in your brain, you know, the endorphin, not endorphins, but like, you know what I'm talking about? Those, those, mm -hmm. those receptors that, that make addiction possible to begin with. Um, and so it was like two years to get normal from that. And then when I got normal from that, I had to deal with the fact that I started using it at the age of, uh, you know, junior high. So my brain literally stopped at that point at, at that age. And, you know, I, I was lucky too, because it didn't devastate, devastate me and, and turn me into, uh, you know, what you see some of these people end up being, you know, I still have my teeth. I still, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm intelligent still. I'm very articulate still. I still kept all of those things, even though I used so much. I mean, I was, I was, I did a lot of drugs. And so, yeah, it, uh, ask your question again. Cause I got lost in my own answer. <laughs> I was wondering how would you suggest that someone who's feeling all the things that you were feeling what would you say to inspire them to step in and change their own fate? Yeah. You have, you have to, f you have to find within yourself what the problem is and, and, you know, whatever, whatever you're running from, if it, if it's, 
if you're if you're using food, if you're using drugs, if you're using sex, if you're using anything to make you feel good outside of yourself, aside from you making yourself feel good. And a lot of that had to do with, for me, to get me out of that, I had to start achieving goals and building my self-esteem, okay? And in order to to do that, I had to take myself away from everything that that I was doing before that made me feel bad about myself and started doing new things that uh, made me feel good about myself, like you know, any small goals. So here, I'll use this for an example. So once I got clean, I didn't real. I started playing softball and that became the new, the new area that I was in that the social circle. So there wasn't any of the, the using the drugs or any of that. There may have been people that were on those drugs, but it wasn't happening around me to where I, I knew it was there. Right. And so once I started playing and, and, you know, being held accountable, I'm on a team now, I have to show up. I started liking it. And I started making friends, different friends, not people that were involved in any of that. So it's just a goal. It was, a, it was, it was something that I was doing. And then from there, I was like, all right, well, you know what? I don't like the way these leagues are run. So I'm going to start my own. And so I literally started my own softball league and it became a, you know, once I did that, then I became a tournament director and started running tournaments. And then it's just, it's finding something that will take you and show you or will help you to build your, your self-esteem and your confidence. Totally. And, it, and it was a whole bunch of small little victories that turned into at, at the end point, the last thing I tried to do was like I said, I tried to run for a, a, a position as a business agent in my local. And I mean, that in itself was, you know, taught me a lot about how things really are. And, you know, that was a gut check too, because here I, here it is. I think I'm this, this awesome person, and you got to realize that in any election, it's a popularity contest. Doesn't matter about the merit of what you've been doing. Cause I was, li- I was like, I knew, I, I, the thing I said was like, damn, now I know how Hillary felt because <laughs> no, seriously, I'm not, I'm not a Hillary, oh, no, no. I'm not a Hillary supporter, but like she was the one that had all of the, you know, the, the eyes crossed, the T's dotted, you know, she had the, the, the accolades to be perfect for that position. And, and I, I did too, but you know, I, I didn't have the, uh, the support of the, of, or the popularity to get in there. So it just, you know, it was, it, everything happens for a reason and it's just, you know, life's a learning experience. A yeah. lot of, a lot of the wisdom is in the struggle of anything that you're going to do. If, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yes. I love it. Like, I, I feel like all that you just said is gold. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, you just, you, you have to find your, your path. You have to find your own niche and what it is. And then when I started doing this podcast to me, like that was so far outside of, of like anything I knew. Cause I didn't know how to do this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a broadcaster. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, (laughs) I mean, I have a good voice, but I mean, other than that, I had no clue what to do, how to figure this out until I started watching YouTube. And then I just kind of built this, built that. And that was another thing that I achieved. And it was like, all right, you know what I mean? And and I think that's, I think that's what a lot of people are missing is the path to self-confidence 
what was the other, what was the other one? It's self-confidence and self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you, once you figure out how to do that and, and it all starts with goals, mm-hmm. you, you, you have to, you have to have a goal and be able to uh, have it to a point that you can attain it to realize what it feels like to get the incentive to, to be incentivized by, by your own actions. I totally agree. Yeah. I, I, um, I'd also add to that, you know, I went through a really rough, like very dark period in 2017, like to be totally honest, was feeling super suicidal. And I was just like, where am I going with my life? What's going to happen? And I know it sounds silly, but I like joined a group online, a Facebook group where I could show up like you did in your softball league. And I could be like a different person. I could like invent who I wanted to be like, you know, and nothing that I said to them was untruthful or dishonest. I just didn't tell them like, Hey, I'm going through a real dark period right now. You know how your friends would approach you if you were going through something hard, they'd be like, Oh, like, I just did not want that. I wanted to be able to be a leader. I wanted to be able to step up into the world from a place of service, like being able to help others. And that was totally what that gave to me. And like, I can relate so much to what you're, what you're talking about and just taking those little steps, setting small goals, meeting them, achieving them, and then moving on to the next one. And it's like, it's like, the universe leaving you breadcrumbs <laughs> of like where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to do. And every time, you know, um, you pick one up or you head in that direction, it's like you get this like pat on the back from yourself or achieving the thing that you set out to do. There's nothing, there's nothing that feels quite like that. And it really helped me to get out of a very dark, very, very dark period. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't even, I don't even trip on any of that stuff anymore. Like it's, uh, uh I, most of, most of my, my time and my, my energy is spent on, on trying to be better than I was yesterday. Uh, yes. And, yes. And, you know, taking account of, you know, Hey, was I an asshole yesterday? You know, did I, <laughs> did I, did I, did I unnecessarily like treat somebody badly and if I did, then I need to go make it right. And the goal is, is to not have to, to, to be able to look back on the day and not have to apologize to anybody. You know what I, I mean? I love that. Yeah. And yeah. I, I totally, um, try to lead with kindness and I'm not awesome a hundred percent of the time. Like I'm a human, you know, sometimes I swear under my breath, the car in front of me or whatever, but. Yeah, I think it's a good way to look at it. Like, am I better today than I was yesterday? And did I complete today without being an asshole to anyone? It's a, that's a good day, right? Like, yeah. that's a that's a good day. And for some people, just a good day is going outside. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And not being fearful yeah. of of whatever. You know what I mean? It's different for everybody. Just keep putting your foot one foot in front of the other, and you know, trying to to achieve those goals. And at some point you're going to, you know, if you, you keep on with it, you're going to end up where you want to be. You know? Absolutely. And, and to that point, to tie this back around, I think, you know, if you've been holding back on something because you're afraid of judgment from people, if you haven't entered a gym, if you haven't talked to a therapist because you're afraid of like what that means about you or what people will think, if you have like, do the thing, <laughs> yeah. do the thing that will help you, you know, like, 
by all means, you could reach out to me. Again, my name is Stacy Sorgen and I own Mod Body Fitness. I'm sure that I, I love it if you could be so kind as to put my information up along with this podcast. But yeah, you're gonna... if you're someone who wants to be a personal trainer and you have questions about it, if you want to know the questions to ask when you go into a gym in your local area, if you just want someone to like listen, I'm 100% here for you. Yeah, your you, all of your all of your information will be in the show notes. I'll have you email Thank me you. exactly what you want to appear there. That way, I don't awesome. mess I don't mess it up at all. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, thank and, you so much. Yeah, I mean, it's I, been it's been awesome to to be here and to to have a chance to talk to you today. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and, uh, your, your honesty and, and, you know, your, your willingness to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I feel like we should do this again. Cause I feel like we got seven, like three quarters of the way through. And then we were like buddies talking on the phone. <laughs> I think we should do another podcast. sometime. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I always, I always, uh, will swing back around, uh, to, to get people that, you know, if it was a good episode and the conversation was great, then I'm, you know I mean? I would always circle back around and, and do it again for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so, so much. You're welcome. And I, I applaud what you're doing. You know what I mean? It, uh, there, there is definitely a need for it. You know, obviously it's, it's, uh, it's provided you with a, with a life and an income for the last 10 years. So, I mean, there's, I mean, there's proof in that. So, I mean, who, 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 that's all that really matters. You know what I mean? Who cares what anybody else thinks? They're not paying your bills. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for your perspective. And I think that your podcast is so valuable. I, I love it. I, listen to a couple of the episodes today and I'm obsessed. I'm going to go <laughs> listen to the rest of them. It's so good. I love, I love digging. I mean, like we were talking about yesterday, you can meet people on the street and have no idea what they've been through, like what their background is, what fears they have, whether or not they suffer anxiety, whether or not they've can't, they've had cancer. Like, you know, nothing about people. They're a clean slate for all, you know, hearing their stories and what people have been through and what they've come through and who they are now. It's just freaking amazing. And thanks for giving people the opportunity to talk about that. Cause I think other people who are in it need to hear that. They need to hear it. So thank you for all that you're doing with this amazing podcast. Well, I appreciate that. And to, it isn't completely selfless. All right. So <laughs> let, let's just, let, I'm, I'm going to, Disclose that right now. It isn't completely selfless, but the reason why I'm so transparent and uh, I'm like kind of an open book and I'll tell people about, you know, any of the issues that I've had, whether it was with anger, verbal abuse, um, anything that I, I've done out there and that I've, you know, actively tried to change is I truly believe that it's really hard to hide from yourself when everybody knows your secrets. Yeah. Especially like if you, if you're dating somebody and I mean, they know, you know what I mean? They, they're, they're listening to your podcast. So they know that you probably suffer. You, you've struggled with anger. So maybe you probably shouldn't get, get angry. I don't know. It's it just for me, it, it, it helps me to stay honest by having everybody know what my, what my, uh, my demons are. I appreciate that. I, I really, really, really do. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for you and what you're doing and what you've talked about and what you've opened up about and shared. And I think that it, in doing it, even though some of it might be self-serving in the way that you just talked about, it does um, 
make other people feel safe and opening up and sharing too. Like you're showing the benefit of what it is to be honest about who you are. And I think it's important to be, you know, to be, to be who we are (laughs) and to show up that way in the world. And it's awesome. So, so, so good. So good. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. And I appreciate all the, the kind words. I really do. And I, you know, at at the end of the day, all we can really do is hope that we're making a difference. You know, and yeah. somebody, and somebody's benefiting from from what we're putting out there. Well, like I said, uh, this is uh, we've been at this for about an hour and ten minutes. Pretty good, not not bad. Yep. Uh, and this will be out uh, fairly. It shouldn't take me too long to get it out. Thank you so much. It's been really nice to meet you. Yeah, and it's nice meeting you too. Thanks, Stacy. I appreciate it. Have thank a good you night. So much. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. And thank you, Stacy. That was a great conversation. I uh, really enjoyed uh, spending that time with you and getting to know you. And like always, all of our information will be in the show notes, including Sue's information for the, uh, the summit. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you have a family member or friend that you think would benefit from hearing the show, send them on over. Love to have them as listeners. Also, you can go over to the the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast group on Facebook. Uh, I interact in there quite a bit. Uh, you can join that group, and uh, you know a lot of the discounts and the offers that uh, my previous guests and their specialty um, I will put over there usually. So if that's something that interests you, shoot on over to the Linktree link. Go down to the very bottom and click on the facebook group tab and go and join i hope everybody's continuing to stay safe and be healthy and until next time keep it 100 stay true to yourself everything else is just noise (laughs) 